Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Embracing the Call Women, is the first in our series called Stand, with a conversation being led by lead pastor Yukon Chu. Um, it is Mother's Day today, and so we will be focusing in on the subject of mothers, but perhaps uh, more importantly, we're going to be focusing in on the subject of women. We're going to take a step back and look at that broader uh, topic of women. And the reason we're doing this is not just because it's Mother's Day. We're also doing this because we are starting today going through a mini-series looking at the unique call that men and women have from God. Our series up here, as you can see, is called Stand, Becoming Men and Women of Destiny. And so our hope in this series is to explore what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, and think through the challenges and the opportunities with that. Now, of course, uh, there are a lot of opinions out there on what uh, men and women should be or shouldn't be. We'll get into some of those discussions for sure. But before we jump in, and as we begin to think about this subject, I want us to just take a pause and turn to our neighbor and answer this uh, very simple but hopefully helpful question to just get us thinking here this morning. What do mothers or what do women most uniquely contribute to our world? As we begin to think about the importance of men and women and how we're unique, how we have a calling, let's focus in on mothers this morning. What do mothers or perhaps what do women uniquely contribute to our world? Two minutes, turn to your neighbor. Let's begin this journey by thinking through this question. Uh, I'm sure we all have some answers to this question. What, what are some things we're thinking about here this morning? What do mothers uniquely contribute to our world? Or what do women in general, perhaps? Might be easier for you. Okay. We got somebody here. Yes. Mothers can multitask better than anybody else in the world. All right. Mothers can multitask. Okay. We have agreements in this room. Okay. All right. Over here. Over here. Antonio dice que el don más especial que, tiene, que tenemos las mujeres es darle la vida a otro ser. Okay. Antonio said that the best gift that mothers have is to give life to another being. Yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty unique, uh, definitely, yeah. What else? Okay, back here, all right, the youth, the high schoolers, all right, let's get going. We have a number of hands here. Who wants to go first? Okay, everyone first. Oh, I was <laughs> like, oh. Um, so, uh... <laughs> so, considerando que ya he tenido una buena madre creciendo, yo digo que las madres nos dan una idea, una imagen de cómo nosotros debemos ser tratados y amados y no importa si es nuestra madre biológica o una figura de una madre, ellos nos dejan saber cómo ellos nos quieren sin condiciones. Also, I was going to say, since um, I was raised by like a mother who loved me very much, um, I was, they, mothers give us an idea of how we're supposed to be loved, loved and treated in this world. And it doesn't matter if it's like our biological mother or the mother figure, 
they let us know that they love us unconditionally and we should be treated as such. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Still in the youth area. Um, I think no matter how you grew up, some of us do have great mothers and that's beautiful, right? But some of us don't have, we have like, you know, the mediocre mothers and then some of us just don't have moms at all. We didn't grow up with one. Um, but the one thing that is important and is that they really define how you view the world at first mm -hmm. and what your expectations are for family and just how you perceive other families as well. I think that the um, if you grow up without a mom, you may like, as you grow up, you see people that do have a mother and you kind of just kind of like have a barrier there because of that. So it really does create kind of like your foundation of how your life is going to go yeah. and your expectation as to when you grow up and you finally get to have a family of your own, you either say, I want to be my mom in this way or I don't want to be like my mom in this way. So yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Give her a hand. That's for those who have uh, transitioned into motherhood. Yeah. You probably have definitely felt that. Did you have one? Okay, okay. Anybody else this morning as we think about mothers and women? There's some great answers here. You know what I find really interesting, of course, is that all of us have, have an answer to this, right? All of us have had an experience with mom, whether it be good or bad, like Jenny mentioned, and all of us have response to what a mother should or shouldn't contribute to our world. You know, when we begin to look at the teachings of Jesus and His scriptures, we are floored, actually, by how much Jesus and His scriptures talk about mothers and talk about women in general. In fact, one of the themes you will see throughout this series is that you will see a very passionate and involved God who actually cares not just about us in general, but cares about us being men and cares about us being women and has a dream and a hope for us as men and as women. One of the most distinctive and overarching uh, themes you will see is this, and you'll see it throughout our series, but we'll put it up on the screen here. You will see and hear me talk about how God's desire for us is to actually reflect God's image. In fact, not only are we to reflect God's image, we actually are God's image in our world. Men, women, together, we are God's image in our world. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, if you look at your handouts today and look at the scriptures, uh, excerpts, you will see that our very first excerpt actually is is an excerpt that talks about that. It's God telling humanity when he first creates them that you will be in the image of God, male and female together, okay? What does this actually mean? It actually means if we were to jump into this kind of time period when this was written, it actually means that we will both reflect and also represent God in our world, okay? Reflect and represent, two R's that you should be aware of. But the question is how? How, will, how do we actually do this? This is what our whole series will be about. How do we reflect God's image, represent God in our world? And specifically today, we're going to begin that process by looking at how mothers 
and more generally how women actually do this in our world, okay? Now, before we jump in, I want to bring up a very important issue, and it's this issue of discerning culture in this conversation, discerning culture, making sure we understand how we fit culture into this conversation. What do I mean? We all here in this room come from different cultures, and different cultures have different values about who men and women should be, different understandings. We ascribe different characteristics to men and women based on culture. For example, many of our cultures will say that women can or should be, quote, nurturing, right? They should be nurturing. Now, that may indeed come from a biological place. It kind of makes sense biologically. And so maybe many cultures then take the step and say, well, that's just women. Women should be nurturing. Here's the deal. Culture is not necessarily good or bad, but culture can be twisted. Because culture can sometimes begin to say, well, that characteristic or that characteristic, that one is better or less than when in comparison to men. Uh, this has happened throughout the culture of America, where certain characteristics, let's say nurturing, has been devalued in light of maybe some other characteristics commonly associated with men, like strength or something like that. We need to be aware as we begin this process of thinking about men and women, we need to be aware of our own cultural biases. But we also need to be aware of where the culture of Jesus and the culture of the scriptures come from. Because we are going to discover, I believe, something very radical and fascinating as we look at Jesus and the scriptures. We're going to discover that Jesus and his scriptures actually not only value men and women and their characteristics equally, but in many places in the scriptures, Jesus will actually take common characteristics that are ascribed to women and apply them to men. And he'll take common characteristics applied to men and actually apply them to women. For example, you'll read through Jesus in the scriptures and you'll read these images of warriors commonly in his culture, ascribed to men, he will ascribe them to women. He'll take images of nursing or images of nurturing, commonly ascribed to women in that culture, and guess what? He'll ascribe them to men. Why is Jesus doing that? Why does his scriptures do that? I think they're trying to get a, give us a vision that men and women are truly equal image bearers before God and in our world. They have equal value, equal worth, equal impact. Yes, they are distinct and different. We'll get into that conversation in this series. But they are equally valid and equally powerful for our world today. And we need to recognize that today. We need to. Our society, unfortunately, is filled of, full of just broken, misguided, destructive understandings of men and women, but especially women today. You are all very familiar, I'm sure, with the Me Too movement, those sorts of movements where we are finally, as a society, grappling with this reality that we have 
demean women. We have destroyed women in our mindsets, in our structures and institutions. That does not, that cannot happen in our city, in our community. And guess what? It does not actually happen with Jesus as He provides His teaching for us. And so with that being said, we're going to look at perhaps one of the longest excerpts in His Scriptures that talk about women. It is actually a poem that comes from the book of Proverbs. It's actually an acrostic poem. Those of you familiar with acrostic poems, you know, it basically takes a, the, a, the letter of the alphabet, in this case, the Hebrew alphabet, and each line starts with the A and the B and the C. It's actually a, a pretty beautiful poem. Again, this was written some 2,500 years ago, plus it comes from a different sort of culture. Be aware of your own cultural biases as we read, but be prepared because I think the image of God in a woman is going to come through in a very powerful way. I'll read through the poem and note five characteristics of women that we need to be aware of today, that we need to honor both in ourselves and also in the women around us, all right? It's going to specifically talk in terms of a wife, think more broadly in terms of a woman, okay? I know I realize this is a very kind of specific wife and mother role that this poem will draw, but I want you to take a step back and realize this is, this is talking about women in general, and uh, it's important for us to apply to all women, okay? A woman or a wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night, and she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds a distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all, her, all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise in the city gates. I want you to turn to your neighbor actually really quickly and just 
answer this question. What strikes you about the woman being described here? What jumps out at you as perhaps surprising, perhaps challenging to how you see women in our world today? What, what jumps out to you? Two minutes, turn to your neighbor, and let's process this real fast. I realize that this, this is a, a rather long poem, and there are a number of things happening in this poem. And I'm sure we all have different, very good thoughts here. But let me, let me just walk through this poem very quickly and mention five things that jump out to me. And as we think about this, hopefully they'll correlate with what uh, you were thinking about. But as we think about this, again, our, our hope for this this morning is to begin to understand from Jesus and His Scriptures how God values women how God sees women, and be challenged ourselves to see women as the image bearers of God that they really are, okay? For those of us who are women, to realize that, wow, I have a high calling, uh, God has a high vision for me. For those of us who are men, to realize that, wow, perhaps I need to honor the women in my life more than I have. I need to walk with them walk behind them, walk alongside of them more than I have. Our hope is to begin to see through this series, but beginning today, this high vision God has. Now, again, back in this culture, uh, the women uh, of this culture were usually typically married and had children, right? And you see this in the poem. And so this poem is describing in many ways a, a woman that everyone could relate to back in that culture. In today's culture, obviously, actually most women are not married, and many women do not have children. So I think it's important that we read this in light of the culture back then, but then also jump to today's culture and see actually how this can describe a single woman, a woman who's not a mother, just as well as a mother and a woman who is married, okay? And so as we get this poem started, we realize that this woman, the first few lines have to deal with how this woman is a trustworthy companion. Yes, she's a trustworthy companion to her husband, but again, taking a step back, we realize the point of this is that she is somebody that her partner can trust. She is somebody that others can trust deeply, really, with all that they have, right? We see this in the second line. Her husband has full confidence in her. She lacks nothing of value. Fascinating description, I think, of this woman of, quote-unquote, noble character that's being described. The second thing, as we get into the poem that jumps out to me, perhaps to you too, is that this woman is a real effective contributor to her world, to her society. Did you notice how this woman was in charge, in, 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 in many ways, of a number of business deals in the poem? I love actually how verse 18, notice it says this, she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings. She buys it. Isn't this fascinating? Many times we think, uh, many times people make the mistake of thinking, for whatever reason, that a spiritual woman is a woman who has to depend on a man. 
it has been perpetuated by religion quite a bit. In fact, many people accuse Christianity of doing this. I think it's very clear throughout the scriptures of Jesus, but especially in this poem, no, 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 no. The vision God has for women is that they, they get things done. They take care of business. They make money. They contribute. They make business decisions. Women are called to be effective contributors in our society. And I think this poem just draws it out very, very clearly. The third thing we note is that this woman is a woman of compassionate and generous justice. Did you see that in verse 20? She opens her hand, her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. What a beautiful and amazing vision of what God's vision of a woman is. And then as we continue through the poem, we note that this woman, man, she takes care of herself and her own household. She's competent in how she cares for self and for the things she manages, including her children, her husband, and those sorts of things. I, I am floored often by the women I know, especially actually the single woman I know. Uh, and in our ethnos network, in our ethnos family, we have a number of key leaders that are at our top level of leadership that are single women. And I, I look at their lives and they take care of things and they take care of themselves in such a way that it is a great example for anyone to follow. And so this woman is competent with her care. And then last but not least, as you take a look at this woman, this woman is spiritually deep. I mean, she is just spiritually deep. I love that second to last uh, uh, phrase. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. There's nothing wrong with charm, okay? There's nothing wrong with being beautiful. There's nothing wrong for both men and women to look good and be nice. Please be nice. We want you to be nice. We want you to try to look good, right? That's not a bad thing, but those things can go. The line says this after it, but a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who lives in such a way where she is aligned with God, a woman that, that respects and lives her life out of this reverence from God, for God, man, that's a woman that is praised. Now, as we think about this, of course, we need to be careful of how we apply these, this picture of woman to our, to our lives. We can apply it in a very judgmental way, meaning we can look at ourselves if it were, we're a woman in this room and we're like, man, we don't live up to this. Men, we can look at the women that are around us and like, hey, you're not like this. Be like this a little bit more. So we can, we can apply this in a very judgmental way. That is not how Jesus would want us to apply this. Jesus, as many of us remember through the series that we've been through and through many conversations here, Jesus, as He envisions our lives, 
And he, as he gives us a picture of what we can and should be, Jesus always does it with grace, with this understanding that, you know what, you and I, actually, we are pretty broken. We don't live up to our own ideals. We surely don't live up to God's ideals. We all are not there. But that is exactly why Jesus came to be with us. He came to restore the image of God that we are called to be. We all know that He did that through the cross, through coming to, and dying on a cross to take our broken selves, our broken image, our sinful selves, our sinful image, and destroy the power of that broken image so that we could be renewed and live the new image of God that we were actually called to always live. And so we need to be careful how we apply this. Please don't apply this with judgment on yourself or on others today. But look at this through the lens of Jesus and His gift of grace. How might He be calling you today to do that? How might He be calling you today on this Mother's Day, to live with a vision of grace for the women around you, for the woman that you are? Have you been perhaps too hard on yourself, women in this room, in a way that has been destructive, in a way that has not been from God's perspective of grace for you? Have you been perhaps demeaning men, demeaning towards the women of your life, judging them, holding this standard against them? You're not like this for me. You're not like this for our kids, whatever it may be. Do you need to look at the women in your life with the lens of grace? So God, we are thankful uh, this morning for the vision you have for us as image bearers of you. We're thankful for how the women in this room, the women in our world, are called to bear your image. Would you continue to show us how we can honor that call that you have for them? If we are women in this room, would you show us how we can walk with you, God? And that vision you have for us. If we are men in this room, would you show us how we can walk with the women of our lives in this beautiful, powerful vision? We are broken in this process. We need your help. Thank you, God, for this time today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.